Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Bilotto. Kim, welcome back to another episode of In the Oil Patch. A lot of a lot of exciting stuff going on today. We've got our resident energy expert and the associate editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman, coming up in a minute. We've got a great guest on tap, Regina Mayer, and we're going to talk about some new and exciting things going on with not only Shell Magazine, but the radio show. But first, before we get into all of that, let's talk for a minute about TEAK. Tell me, what is what is TEAK? TEAK stands for Texas Energy Advocates Coalition, and it's a, a broad spectrum of people coming together to advocate on behalf of the energy industry. So these are going to be businesses, Alvin, like copy companies, chamber of commerce presidents, their members. Uh, we have some energy folks that work in the pipeline industry along with the energy sector and the service company. And uh, so we plan on February 22nd loading up uh, buses, these large uh, touring buses, and taking a trip down to uh, beautiful Austin, Texas to visit uh, our state capitol and our elected officials, and together in a coordinated effort to tell them how important energy is to our state and uh, to our jobs and to our economy, and also, you know, that we realize how much money is raised uh, by the severance taxes that are uh, uh, received from the oil and gas sector and that it's used for programs like education and, uh, you know, law enforcement and other different areas. So we just want to go down there and show our support for the energy sector. And if you'd like more information about TEAK, it costs, it's absolutely free to join. Log on to shalemag.com. Click on the Teak button. That's Shale Mag, S-H-A-L-E, Mag, M-A-G dot com. Click on the Teak button and sign up. It costs you absolutely nothing. And, and show your support for this great industry here, not only in Texas, but in the whole United States. Such a great and exciting industry. And with that, Kim, I think it's time we welcome our resident energy expert and the associate editor for Shale Magazine, Mr. David Blackman. David, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, you know, David, um, we have had so much activity, right, with having a new president and the promise to sign and reverse all of the executive orders uh, that Obama had put into place. So uh, quickly, I want to just talk about what do you think the first thing will happen uh, in the energy sector as a result of us having a new president? Well, I think there's going to be just a general kind of sea change in, in the direction of energy policy from the last eight years of just the constant uh, issuance of new heavy-handed regulations to uh, a, a new administration now that's going to be focused on reversing a lot of those regulations and executive orders and, um, you know, opening up federal lands and federal waters to uh, exploration for oil and gas. I mean, the, the whole Trump energy policy is going to be an America-first energy policy that focuses on stimulating U.S. production. And so, for example, uh, you know, in terms of regulations, uh, the, the BLM's hydraulic fracturing regulation is currently sitting on appeal at the federal appellate court level. Um, 
you know, the new attorney general could simply order the U.S. attorney uh, over that appeal to stand down and withdraw the federal government's appeal, and, and that regulation would essentially be dead. Uh, same thing could happen with the Waters of the United States regulation uh, under the Clean Water Act that is also sitting sitting on appeal and hasn't had a hearing yet. And, uh, you know, then you have uh, the EPA uh, going down the road towards uh, the methane emissions uh, regulation that uh, is totally unnecessary and would duplicate all a bunch of state regulations, and he could, you know, have the EPA stand down on that process as well. So, I, I you know, there's going to be a flurry of activity here in the first couple of months. So uh, buckle up, soon, huh? Buckle yeah, up. Yeah, it's going to be wild and woolly. <laughs> Buckle up. Um, We have a lot of exciting things happening in the energy world, a lot of changeover, a lot of different things occurring. One of the uh, big things that we wanted to talk to you about is ExxonMobil is is attempting to move into the Portland area, uh, creating a um, downstream plastic plant, if you will basically will be providing thousands and thousands of jobs and an economic boom for the residents at Portland and for Bayside. It's, it's little, a little ways off from the Corpus Christi market, but there's just such great infrastructure there. So I wanted to know what your thoughts are on um, the process. If you, uh, if you, you know, what are your thoughts on how this is uh, working out? I know that there's nothing in place yet if, if that they've been approved. They're also looking at other areas like Victoria, Texas, and even possibly outside of Texas. Um, but what are your thoughts on um, is this? Good, bad? What What are your feelings? Well, I, you know, it's uh, any any kind of plant like that, that that deals in the plastics and chemicals always draws opposition. It doesn't really matter where you are in the country. Um, but, you know, along the Texas Gulf Coast is, is where a, a vast, probably majority of, of all the plastics and chemical plants in the United States reside uh, along the Texas and Louisiana coast. It's, as you say, you know, there's already a port there. It's, it's terrific uh, infrastructure in the Portland and Gregory area. Uh, so it's a, a potentially ideal location. The Victoria and Port Lavaca area, same thing. Uh, and so what companies like Exxon and Dow Chemical and, you know, others that are in that part of the business do is they scout the potential locations and, and determine, you know, they just try to gauge what kind of opposition they're going to have and how they can deal with it. And um, But I think at the end of the day, you know, the, 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 the benefits uh, to the local economy are, are gigantic, potentially, uh, as you say, you know, just jobs and lots of, not just the normal jobs uh, that are in an area, but, but you know, very high-paying jobs. Uh, and, and, and so it's, it's, it's a really attractive thing for a local economy. You know, the interesting thing, David, is that as this chemical plant moves in there, I, I too understand the reservations that are probably occurring from the city, certain cities like Portland that is is far more developed. But there are other surrounding little counties. Uh, I'll give you an example. One is Bayside, Texas and Taft, Texas. And, and I don't know where they stand. Uh, are they forward or against it? And it kind of backs up to uh, the little tourist town of Rockport, Texas. But within those towns, there's one small restaurant and one small convenience store without even a gas filling station. So clearly, you know, there needs to be some kind of economic development for these little towns out there. And 
this would be a, a perfect opportunity uh, to see some of that happening, which of course would spur so many other things, um, you know, uh, growth in the area of road construction, you know, retail, restaurants. Um, it just has the potential of, of creating a little bit more life in these little towns that have just, you know, have nothing really in them. So Sure, and it creates a, a pretty heavy revenue stream in the form of property taxes. You know, you really enhance the local property tax base when you have a plant like that being built and, and, and operating in that area. Right. So all in all, I mean, I, I do think that it would be a great benefit to the citizens of uh, the Corpus Christi region, of course, and um, Portland area and all of them. So hopefully uh, they get that plant there. Um, I did want to also move on to there's some great news uh, that pertains to, you know, the when you talk about Clayton Williams, it's a, a staple of uh, Texas history, right? Uh, this family has been in the oil business for, you know, what, over 100 years. I mean, everyone is very familiar with the uh, Williams family. Um, and so, you know, we got news this past week that they were purchased. So uh, talk to me about this purchase. What does it mean for them? What does it mean for um, uh, Texas? And, and what does this mean for are we rebounding? What does this mean for all of us? Well, I think it's it, it's a just a clear sign that the boom in the Permian Basin is going to continue. Um uh, the, you know, the price has firmed up even more here since OPEC did their deal, and uh, we're in the 50s now. And, and and companies like Noble Energy, which bought Clayton Williams, and, and companies, and, and then Exxon, and XTO, uh, bought all the interests of the Bass Brothers, the Bass family out there in West Texas, in a $6.6 billion deal. And so you have you know, um, a an ongoing rush into the Permian Basin. And, you know, the, another big deal that also happened uh, recently was Anadarko selling its interests uh, in the Eagle Ford to Sanchez Energy so that Anadarko could go out and invest more money out in the Permian Basin. Uh, it, it is, it's really, you know, it's for me, it's kind of bittersweet. Personally, I've known Mr. Williams for a long time. I hate to see him no longer in the business. I suspect, though, that he'll he and his family will find ways to get back in and and continue uh, participating in the oil and gas industry. But he's a he's a great man and a Texas icon, and you know it, uh, it's 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 kind of bittersweet. Uh, although I know it's a very profitable deal for him. So, do you anticipate, though, moving forward, that we're going to continue to see these acquisitions continue? I mean, is this uh, what's supposed to be happening at this time? Um, or were all these acquisitions and mergers supposed to have already have happened? Oh, no, it, it, we're just, yeah, we're, we're kind of at the tip of the iceberg on this, I think, uh, because, number one, because of the potential resource in the Permian is so gigantic, and geographically, the area is so gigantic. And so companies, what they're looking for, like Noble, the reason they were interested, so interested in Clayton Williams' uh, leasehold is because... The majority of it was contiguous to Noble's already existing acreage out there. And, and when you buy acreage that, that's contiguous to your pre-existing acreage, they call it kind of a bolt-on acquisition. And it enables companies to achieve uh, more economies of scale and, and gain a lot of efficiencies, efficiencies in, in building out gathering systems and, and things like that. So it you know, you not only are acquiring a really high potential uh, production acreage, but you're 
also enabling yourself to really reduce costs even more than you already have. And the same thing with XTO purchasing the bass acreage. Uh, you know, Exxon was very continuous all contiguous already with a lot of that bass acreage. So it just makes a lot of sense for, for them to do those kinds of acquisitions. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, wasn't quite sure what to make of uh, all of the activity, uh, but we I do believe one thing, it's good to see, uh, you know, companies buying and moving and activity uh, is always a good thing. David, once again, I'd like to thank you for joining us on the show again. Next week, I look forward to talking to you a little bit more about what's going on in the political world as well as uh, some of the things that are going on in the Permian Basin, Eagle Ford, and other shell places. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. David, thanks for being on the show again. It's always a pleasure to have you each and every week here on In the Oil Patch. We do need to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Regina Mayer on the flip side. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. The Women's Energy Network National Conference is coming up on April 26th through the 28th. This national conference brings together nearly 500 participants from across the country from multiple disciplines in the energy industry. The conference will showcase relevant and timely topics around the theme, energy resilience, refueling innovation, impacting energy professionals in the marketplace and the workplace. This is a great opportunity to connect with experts to increase your knowledge and transform your career while maximizing your contributions at work. The conference will offer a wide range of sessions to reach professionals in varying career stages, including executive-only tracks, continuing education tracks, and an exclusive mentoring circle. Companies and organizations in attendance will include FERC, Shell Oil, ComEd, ExxonMobil, Southern Company, Williams, Targa Resources, and many more. Be sure to mark your calendars for April 26th through the 28th, 2017 in Houston, Texas at the brand new Marriott Marquis. Registration is coming soon, but you can definitely get details at womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston. Click on the events tab and scroll down to the 2017 Win National Conference link. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Mulatto and our very special guest coming up, Regina Mayer. Kim? Thank you, Alvin. And today our guest is Regina Mayer, who is with KPMG Global Sector and U.S. National Sector Leader for Energy and Natural Resources. Regina, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kim. It's great to be here. Briefly, um, you know, our listeners may not have um, listened to the show before when you were a guest. Briefly, tell us what KPMG does. It's a global uh, company, but in the area of energy, what do you all specifically focus on? What are you, what are your, your, your roles? We're a global professional services firm, and broadly speaking, we offer three main services. We provide external audit services, uh, a test and assurance for analysts and shareholders and other investors, as well as the companies themselves. We provide tax services, and that spans from uh, individual to major corporate and everything in between relative to tax planning as well as tax compliance. And the last one is we have a very large advisory practice, which does all types of consulting. It could be risk consulting, deal advisory around transactions restructuring, bankruptcies, as well as process improvement, strategy, and business transformation. So we run the gamut, and we cover the whole of the energy industry, oil and gas, power and utilities, 
chemicals, mining, and renewables. It's a large practice for us and one we're quite proud of. Very impressive, I will agree. Um, but let, So let's get into some of the questions. You know, recently, Regina, we've had or we've seen a spike in oil prices. Um, they've been on the rise, but they're kind of still teetering up and down. They're not anywhere where they used to be. But my question is, what do you expect from the recent rise? Um, and do you expect for prices to stay where they are or increase or decrease? What do you see the projection is for maybe the first or second quarter of 2017? Well, Kim, I love that you used the word spike because I don't know that I would be that optimistic and say that we've had a spike, although it is a more comfortable place to be. 50, 55, even if you could hover into the high 50s, closer to 60, is gives the industry the breathing room that it needs to make the investments that they need to make and to have a comfortable margin to continue as a going concern. I don't expect to see significant upward increases in the commodity price. I do expect it to stay within the 50 to $55 range, at least in the near term through the first half. There's a, quite a bit of optimism coming out about some of the commitments, or at least let me let me rephrase that, the verbal commitments that are being made by the OPEC nations. But we will still continue to see more production coming online as prices increase. You'll see U.S. production continuing to increase. I think we've had 10 straight weeks of rig count increases. So the price has been going up and down within a three or so dollar barrel range. And it is because the market gets optimistic when it sees production cuts and supply getting closer to demand projections. But then demand is incentivized at these higher prices, and that kicks the that, that throws the equation off kilter again and, and depresses the price. So we don't anticipate that it'll go above 60 before the end of the year, and we do expect it to hover in the mid-50s range for the next, uh, probably for the for the bulk of 2017, barring any major geopolitical setback or crisis that could change that equation. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we are um, getting ready to have a new administration come in on the 20th of January, uh, the Trump administration. And, you know, with some of the discussions that he's had as of lately or when he was running, I take that back, uh, when he was running was basically how important it was to look towards uh, energy independence, explore shell and shell energy resources here in the United States. And so what do you think having Trump in office will do for the energy sector? Um, and how uh, how do you see him implementing a lot of energy policies? So I think it's hard to predict what the Trump administration will ultimately do and how much of the campaign rhetoric will translate into policy and lawmaking. So let me use that as a caveat. But then I will share an observation that I have in the travels that I've made across the industry. I have been impressed and surprised, candidly, with how universally optimistic the industry is. And it almost doesn't matter what segment they're sitting in. Right? The wind and solar uh, part of the industry is almost as optimistic as the downstream, you know, midstream and upstream parts of the industry. That the Trump administration will be a positive net, net gain for the energy industry. So I find that quite interesting because I believe in the end there's probably some that will uh, be be more of a winner 
than others. I'm not even going to use the word loser because I really don't anticipate that any segment of the industry would actually, quote unquote, lose in the Trump administration. So generally speaking, there's universal optimism. The second observation I would make is I do like the picks that Mr. Trump or President-elect Trump is making for senior executives with strong energy backgrounds. The Rex Tillerson nomination for Secretary of State was lauded by the industry. I've, I've had the privilege of working with his former company and actually had the privilege of meeting him on several occasions. And I do find him to be an incredibly impressive executive. And I do believe he's a, a strong negotiator. He's a measured individual and he will be a good ambassador on behalf of, of the country. He's also friendly, obviously, to the industry. And, and you would anticipate that things like the Keystone pipeline, which was ultimately caught up in the State Department, might be revisited and might be actually approved, you know, this time around. So we anticipate the Trump administration is going to have a positive impact on the industry in three specific areas. And these are the areas I typically talk about. We expect regulatory rollback. We expect pretty significant regulatory rollback. There's a number of initiatives that the EPA has put in place toward the end of the Obama administration that will likely be delayed, modified, pushed back, et cetera. Some, some things that are even very controversial, like the renewable fuel standards, we do expect to see some changes in what the policy requirements are. Regulatory rollback would be one. The, the investment in infrastructure has the industry universally excited. Again, wind and solar, as well as power and utility companies that run the grid, believe they'll be the beneficiaries of some of those in infrastructure investments, uh, as do uh, LNG exporters, for example, or pipeline uh, manufacturers. So we anticipate that that could be beneficial for the industry overall. Uh, and then the last thing is uh, tax reform. This could be plus and minus, and I know you want to probably follow up on this one in more detail. But generally speaking, people are optimistic about overall business tax reform and what that would do to create more jobs in the U.S. and create more profitability. But there is a strong concern about the uh, imported goods excise tax that, that could be affected at the border. You know, Regina, you are discussing something that I do want to bring up, which is all the tax reforms that are uh, coming into play. But we do have to take a real quick break. You are listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. And you are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Regina Mayer, who is with KPMG. Regina, before the break, we were talking about some of the executive picks that the Trump administration is leaning towards. And two that we didn't get around to, I want, and I want your thoughts on, are Governor Perry was selected for the Department of Education, and Scott Pruitt uh, has also been selected um, what are your thoughts on how do these how do these impact energy, and um, do you see this more favorable lining up for the energy sector? And is that the reason why we're seeing some excitement on the energy spectrum? Absolutely, you're seeing a number of executives being named to or to positions of uh, senior executive positions within the government that ha are very energy friendly. Naming Rick Perry as the head of energy 
which interestingly enough was one of the three agencies that he had committed that he would abolish uh, if he was elected president. (laughs) Although he couldn't remember that that was his third one. (laughs) Uh, But we'll leave that neither here nor there. (laughs) Right. But, you know, it's interesting about the energy department because the energy department has very little influence over true energy policy and true energy activity. It is in large part the keeper of the nuclear arsenal and, you know, the proprietor of nuclear technology, uh, as well as new developments in science uh, and some of the some newer technologies. But a large portion of the budget is tied up, you know, managing nuclear inventory and, and nuclear uh, arsenals and, and the nuclear technology within the utility industry. You know, nuclear is a very, very important part of our overall generation mix. And the way that we are currently allowing the states to manage nuclear sites and how they're being prematurely shut down, which are you know, carbon-free. You've already made the investment. Uh, they, they are relatively uh, easy to maintain. Th- those seem to be short-sighted decisions. So I, I think the utility industry is optimistic that we might get more sensible generation policy. And I, and I am optimistic that uh, – Governor Perry, former Governor Perry, will will really be able to take a look at the mission of the Energy Department and reshape it and and rethink it. It it does need to have a stronger hand in true energy policy. Frankly, its budget should be increased, not decreased, so that it can be more effective to manage what's happening at the state level. And I'm optimistic that somebody like uh, Rick Perry has enough insight on the industry and, and the importance of it that maybe he can maybe he can bring some sensibility to that. Exactly. Well, I want to briefly get to, or I want to quickly get to tax reform because there is a lot of discussion. Tell me a little bit about how you see the tax reform coming in and affecting the energy sector and the business sector. So we've had multiple conversations on tax reform, and you can well imagine as a tax firm, we get asked a lot of these questions. Uh, my team and the specialists that we have within our firm tell us the only thing that's for sure is this is the year we will get comprehensive tax reform. (laughs) Exactly what that tax reform looks like, can't specify it. (laughs) But all of the cards are aligned such that they do anticipate we'll see some level of comprehensive tax reform in 2017. And that is the number one priority of Congress, at least the Republican Party within Congress and the uh, Trump administration. So there's lots of different uh, components around uh, incentives um, and uh, reforms and allowing companies to repatriate revenue, you know, back into the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, providing those incentives uh, to to do to do just that. And so not having such a high corporate tax rate that it incentivizes companies to keep more money outside of the U.S. versus bringing it back. Uh, the one thing that, that I mentioned earlier that does have particularly the downstream portion of the industry quite worried, is the imported goods tax that's being discussed. If you end up applying a significant import tax, 10 15%, I think is some of the numbers that have been uh, kicked around, and you then have to pay that on imported crude oil that we make into gasoline, there is a, a commentary that says that will greatly increase the price of gasoline uh, in the U.S. Of course, the counterpoint is, well, you should buy the U.S. produced shale oil, but we all realize it's a highly fungible commodity that's traded globally, and trying to keep track of every hydrocarbon would still create, I believe, an undue tax you know, on that portion of the industry. So I think they're hoping that there's a carve-out for natural resources, right? Crude oil that comes into the United States really hasn't been. You know, it's, it's raw materials that are important to what we're building, 
um, similarly with like iron ore or other types of things that, that others might right. be importing. So I do know that there's some very significant players that are lobbying uh, in D.C. today uh, to try to shape how that tax gets defined and implemented. There will be so much more discussion about what the tax reform would look like before we'll ever be able to predict what it will mean. But generally speaking, I think the industry is optimistic. Well, I think that we are all optimistic waiting for the 20th to roll in and see what changes uh, start coming out. Regina, as always, it's a pleasure having you on the show. We look forward to having you come back once uh, the administration gets settled in and we start seeing changes. We'd love to have you come back and give us an update on this tax reform and how y'all see it rolling out. Thank you. Thank you again, Kim, for having me. I love being on the In the Oil Patch radio show, and I'm very appreciative that you asked me back. Regina Mayer, thank you so much for joining us. And you're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. We'll be right back. Join TEAK, the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition, as we travel to the Texas Capitol to support energy and meet with legislators. The energy industry supports our local and national economy, and now we want to support it. Show your support of energy in America by joining us for the Citizens for Energy Day on February 22, 2017. To sign up and attend, please visit teak.shalemag.com. That's T-E-A-C dot S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G dot com. We'll see you at the Capitol. Great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired to the time they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, Trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your employees' health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 1-866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. The Women's Energy Network National Conference is coming up on April 26th through the 28th. This national conference brings together nearly 500 participants from across the country from multiple disciplines in the energy industry. The conference will showcase relevant and timely topics around the theme, energy resilience, refueling innovation, impacting energy professionals in the marketplace and the workplace. This is a great opportunity to connect with experts to increase your knowledge and transform your career while maximizing your contributions at work. The conference will offer a wide range of sessions to reach professionals in varying career stages, including executive-only tracks, continuing education tracks, and an exclusive mentoring circle. Companies and organizations in attendance will include FERC, Shell Oil, ComEd, ExxonMobil, Southern Company, Williams, Targa Resources, and many more. Be sure to mark your calendars for April 26th through the 28th, 2017 in Houston, Texas at the brand new Marriott Marquis. Registration is coming soon, but you can definitely get details at womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston. Click on the events tab and scroll down to the 2017 Win National Conference link. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. And we're back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto. Kim, you know, it's been a while since we've really sat down and had the discussion about Shale Magazine and, and the 
the multimedia company that Shale has really become over the last couple of years. And, and I want to spend these next couple of segments talking about Shale Magazine. You know, Alvin, I think it's so important because within this past year that energy has been a little slow, Shell Magazine has not. We've actually uh, seen growth uh, on our end on multiple platforms in the media area. And um, so we're pretty excited to be able to have so many different platforms for our clients to be able to promote their brand and get the word out on uh, our clients and make sure that their businesses are growing. Now, let, I want to just shortly, let's, let's kind of recap. If you're a partner of Shale Magazine, what do those services include? What's available to Shale Partners? Because we are fair but a positive energy source for news, this allows us the opportunity to talk to and have an audience of oil and gas professionals. Uh, some of them, of course, include the publicly traded big corporations, international corporations, all the way down to the small service companies and oil companies, along with uh, the associations that represent this energy industry. So what we like to do is, first of all, start with a great audience that we can reassure our potential clients and our clients that they are getting in front of the very best companies to promote their products and to grow their businesses. And so some of those businesses are going to include, of course, our publication, who is now, uh, Shell Magazine is now actually a nationwide publication. We are covering uh, the Shell plays that are, uh, all of the Shell plays in North America. And also we have, uh, along with the uh, magazine, we also, of course, have our uh, amazing online platform. You know, our website... Which is a worldwide platform. Exactly. So, you know, online, our platform has really been growing. Um, and we're very proud of that because in a time when a lot of uh, growth was not occurring, Shell Magazine was definitely growing on, on multiple platforms in the area of the magazine. So as a partner of Shale, Kim, what, um, what types of services do you offer the, the, the Shale client? Well, we start with, of course, the publication, and the publication also has uh, the website, so they're integrated. And then, of course, we have uh, our great show in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Um, it airs in the Houston market with iHeartRadio. It also airs in the San Antonio market area, which is KTSA 5500. And then, of course, our affiliate in Corpus Christi, our NBC station, uh, also airs our radio show. And um, that, too, has really been um, growing. Our Houston show is actually on Sunday one of the highest listened to shows of the whole entire platform on Sunday night. So. So we, we know that because of our impeccable reputation with Shell Magazine, it has bled into um, our, our amazing oil show in which we interview some of the most amazing guests. I mean, we have congressmen and senators and oil and gas executives and uh, large corporate chains of hospitals like the Baptist. We've had multiple, multiple companies along with we've had a lot of uh, smaller mom and pop stores come on and we talk about their product and we talk about what they're doing in their community. So it's been a, 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 a our radio show to me is a great way of us building uh, the presence of our companies that we represent along with teaching the public about energy and energy needs and energy topics. How important do you think digital advertising is in today's market? If you are not investing marketing dollars into your company, you can bet that your competition is. 
And if you're not being seen, you're not being heard, which is really stifling the growth of your company. And so in my opinion, it is probably one of the most important things that a business needs to do. And, you know, social media and online presence is so important, and yet it's really inexpensive. Yeah, to I want to talk about that. I mean, let's get into social media platforms in a minute, but people don't understand that you can get a lot of bang for your buck through just digital marketing. You know, there are so many platforms that businesses can take advantage of, right? There's print, there's billboard, there's radio, there's TV, there's uh, website uh, visibility, search optimization, and then, of course, there's social media. But when you talk about being online in any format, rather it's search optimization with your website or social media, it's just a really inexpensive way of getting the word out on your company um, on a on much larger and broader uh, sense than you ever could in the way of uh, print or billboard. And of course, TV is another great vehicle, but that does require a lot of money. Uh, TV and radio are usually your most expensive way of advertising. So the companies who have uh, a smaller budget might look to display their brand on uh, their website through search optimization or, of course, like I said, their social media. Well, Kim, I want to talk more about Shell Magazine and, and some of the different cogs in the wheel of this multimedia company that you've created. But first, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto, and we'll be right back. Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Join the San Antonio Energy Coalition for the 10th Annual Coalition Blowout on January 28, 2017 at the Alzafar Shrine. The event will feature live music from Cactus Country, an incredible pork tenderloin dinner sponsored by SPN Well Services, and lots of laughs, new and old friends, all while raising money for scholarships. Once again, the event is on January 28, 2017, starts at 6 p.m. with a cocktail hour, followed by the pork tenderloin dinner at 7 p.m. at the Alzafar Shrine, located at 901 North Loop 1604 West in San Antonio, Texas. Get your tickets at coalitionblowout.com. That's coalitionblowout.com. We'll see you on the 28th. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto. And Kim, we started last segment talking a little bit about Shale Magazine. We haven't really visited in a while about all of the different aspects of the of what a multimedia company can actually do for its partners. And one of the things I want to point out is Shell Magazine is the only publication that is endorsed by and also a member of STEER, the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. And this endorsement does not come lightly as STEER represents every major oil and gas company and service company in the Eagle Ford Shale. Let's talk about that for just a second. How important is that? 
Well, I think it's very important because, you know, almost five years ago when we started, there was a time that we really had to prove who Shell Magazine is. You know, media typically tends not to be fair and balanced when it comes down to oil and gas. You know the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. And one of the things that we wanted to do was to be a fair and balanced uh, media source to the oil and gas to help the community understand these people and what they're doing for the state of Texas and, of course, you know, all the great things that they give to the residents and where they live and work. One of the biggest things that we had to do was find a way of working well with steer because we too were born in the Eagle Ford. While that's not the case anymore, we started there. And one of the things that uh, we noticed with steer is the organization was created to talk to the media, to get the information that media needs. And, you know, sometimes we struggle because a lot of oil and gas uh, corporations don't really talk to the media. They don't give information out. And so steer was created to be that link between the big oil and gas and the community. And um, what we found ourselves doing was working together hand in hand a lot on the same type of projects. And eventually we were able to demonstrate that what we are as a media source is going to be fair and balanced and represent uh, not just the energy industry, but local businesses and help try to produce economic development between the both of them. And therefore, when they endorsed us and gave a, a testimonial, uh, we really began a great relationship with them. And so we worked very hard with Steer to try to build this coalition between us and them. Well, what you built is an impeccable reputation with not only Steer, but with all the major oil and gas companies and, and their executives. And it's through the professionalism of, of the shale staff that, that these guys have demonstrated consistently over the last five years. And you know, Kim, we, we meet a lot of people out and about, and those that haven't met, if you haven't met Kim, she is a, she she says what she does, and she does what she says, and you're just not going to work with a more honest individual in, in any market, for that matter. Well, thank you, Alvin, but I think truly that the credit goes to Shell Magazine and its team, but I also think it goes to the oil companies and their executives that were willing to give us their personal stories because without those stories, the community just doesn't understand how these people really feel about the environment, about energy, um, the leadership skills that they possess. Um, and, you know, these people, these corporate suits, if you will, the way a lot of people look at them, are human beings just like you and I. Now, for Shell Magazine, covers are a pretty big deal. They are. Uh, Let's talk about some of the great people you've had on the cover of Shale over the last five years. Well, you know, having Jeff Miller, the uh, CEO of Halliburton, and Harold Hamm, uh, CEO of Continental Resources, Doug Suttles, president and CEO of Encana, are are just a few. Um, We've had Regina Mayer with KPMG. And we've also had Scott Sheffield with Pioneer, who now has uh, retired, as well as um, Commissioner Christy Craddock, who's now the chairman, and of course, uh, Leslie Shockley Byer, who is president of PISA, which is a international association as well for the oil and gas service companies. These individuals, every one of them have an amazing, amazing story uh, of how they got to where they are. Uh, being these global leaders are so important, and uh, we're proud of those covers, and we're proud that they decided to let Shell Magazine share their story. Kim, Shell Magazine is a great story, and with with the downturn gone and things are building steam again, not only in the Permian but in the Eagle Ford, 
Magazine spots are filling up quickly. Radio slots are filling up quickly. If somebody wants to partner with Shale or wants some just some information about what does it take to partner with Shale, how do they get in touch with you? Well, a great place to start is shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And they can email us quickly or they can call our office at 210-240-7188. Again, the number is 210-240-7188. Well, Kim, you know, I appreciate talking about Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine. It's, it's such a great story. Real quick, we've got about 30 seconds left in this segment. What is this big green curtain that's hanging you want to talk anything about what's coming or well alvin shell tv is coming we have our own station and what we uh, will be doing is recreating the in the oil patch radio show not just on podcast but also airing it on our uh, tv channel as well um, and so that will be uh, another platform that Shell Magazine will be able to offer through informational videos as well as our own show in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Exciting times! It is going to be very, very exciting. Y- y'all are all going to get to see how ugly I am and, and, ha- <laughs> and, and how gorgeous Kim is. So <laughs> You're so funny. That's coming up soon. And uh, I, you know what? It's time now, I think, that we go into trivia, trivia time. for the days. Yeah, Kim, it is trivia time, and I've got a great trivia question for today. Okay. I, it's one that I think I can answer, too. And if you'd like to win a $75 gift certificate to Fogo to Chow, all you have to do is be the first correct email to the following email address. Write it down. It's radio at shalemag.com. Again, radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And if you're the first correct email, you'll win a $75 gift certificate to Fogo to Chow. And here's the question. Drum roll, Kim. Drum roll. <laughs> What company does Regina Mayer represent? Should be an easy one if you were listening. What company does Regina Mayer represent? Again, be the first correct email to radio at shalemag.com, and Fernando will mail you a $75 gift certificate to Fogo de Chow. And that's about going to wrap up another episode of In the Oil Patch this week, Kim. Be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Twitter at shalemag. And until next week. Adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.